AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Welcome back to the Fighting Cop Podcast. T makes his return. What? <laughs> How you doing, T? Good, man, good. We talk about the fanzine. We also talk about Ali and Dyer and international football. Do we give a shit? Swansea and Monaco are reviewed. We got... <laughs> we talk about fuck off. We talk about free kicks. Uh, who is the best free kick taker Spurs has ever had? 
we give a few props to non-league day, apart from Ricky, you, you hate it. And we tried to get through the podcast without doing it, but we had to talk about wanking again. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock! It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock! A camel channel! See? Uh, the toilet's fucked. You can have a piss, but don't poo. <laughs> <laughs> You're recording this now. Yeah. Cock! It's episode 10, season 5 of the Fighting Cock podcast. It's just three of us today. The best three. Yeah, we've got Ricky. Yeah. And Felonious Filth. Hello, hello. <clears throat> Wendy couldn't make it. I think he <clears throat> bumped his vagina on something. Um, Again. Sp- <laughs> Spooky, aren't nah, he? doesn't barely part of fighting gods anymore. Spooky's like fucking Greta Garbo, man. Oh, who's that? Um, some recluse from many moons ago. <laughs> Just some weird recluse that no one knows. Exactly. That's exactly what he's like. Yeah. You know, when you, you know when you were a kid and there's like a boogeyman? Yeah. That's, 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 that's what spooky. No one talks to him. No one touches him. Just you know, just just there. The smelly kid from school. So there you go. <laughs> uh, and shits with his clothes on. <laughs> shits. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it means he just he doesn't pull his trousers down. He sits on the toilet, but he just doesn't take his trousers down. Not doing it. You can't make me. I'm an adult. Do what I want. He's a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> This is a social construct. <laughs> I'll shit when I want. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, yeah, so it's just us three. Um, and it's a good start, to be fair. Uh, yeah, there's new fans incoming. Um, we've made good progress on it. All articles have been written. It's being designed at the moment. We're getting brilliant artwork in. Some superb artwork, actually. The quality of the articles, I know we say this every time, and I say this every time, but it's, it's gone up a level massively. Some brilliant, brilliant articles in there. Um, it will be out for pre-order in, I reckon, two to three weeks. Um, it's about the players. So it's about the people that fill the shirt. And I know we talk about loving the shirt and all that kind of stuff, but obviously it wouldn't be Tottenham about the players that play. And, you know, giving them a little bit of a... Oh, it's like a homage to them, I guess. So there's, there's articles about the goalkeepers, the great goalkeepers we've had in the past. Um uh, there's 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 an article about Aussie RD League. There's loads, there's loads of stuff in there. It's a fantastic piece of work. I was going to say, we're, we're a bit behind on orders, oh, yeah. so I mean, just be patient, because um, I think um, well, actually, to stuff's be... not been about, so... I haven't. No, I've been to Monaco, <coughs> which I'm going to talk about in a bit. But, yeah, the, um, yeah it's my fault, basically. I'm going to get everything out and get it sorted this week. So if you haven't got your uh, your fanzine and you have bought it, it's coming, I promise. Uh, but a lot of people asking whether Anderlecht's at the lane will be 1882, and we've been told by the club that they will, they've got a good following, as have Monaco, bizarrely. But anyway, I'll come to that. Um, yeah, 35 isn't available, so no, won't be any 1882. If by some chance they don't take 35, then we will do it, I guess. But we'll let you know. Keep an eye out on our Facebook and Twitter and Reddit. But also, um, I mean, a few people are buying Block 34, so um, yeah, I guess that's the next best thing. I mean, it might not be the same as a normal 1882 because it's going to be season ticket holders there. I don't know what 1882 is, but there are a few people who are doing that. Plus, you wanna... it doesn't come free on the season ticket now. They, those, doesn't it? Those... Oh, yeah, because of Carlin Cup and... Arsenal, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So they, them games are gone, so I don't think it'll be what that well attending. The group games in the Europa League tend not to be. So, yeah, buying 35. Just get in there. Uh, have a good time, as usual. Um, 34. Buying 34. Good work. Ali. 
was picked in the England squad. Yes. Anyone surprised? I mean, I'm not surprised because he's quality. Yeah. But he's not, in my opinion, not ready. I don't think he should be in there yet. It's good for his his, his kind of growth as a player, mentally, I guess. His confidence is going to be boosted by it. He's already got an abundance of confidence. You see the way he plays. He's he's now a regular in the team. I don't know if he's, he'll figure when Ben Taleb and, and Mason return from injury, but is it a good thing or a bad thing, do you think? Well, this is his third Premier League start, I think, yesterday. Was it his third or fourth? Yeah. So, he's had that many starts. This time last year, probably playing against, um, I don't know, Leighton Orient or whoever. So, I think it's... In the grand, I mean, leaving Tottenham to one side in the grandest scheme of things, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a shame that they've had to pick him so soon, because once you get picked for England, you're just there to be shot at. But I mean, the only person who comes out of the smelling of roses is his agent, because I presume there's probably some, um, something in his contract about getting picked for England. You get paid more money. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that <clears> but, tends to happen. But you know, it's, it's it's good for him. I mean, he's come a long way in a very short spell of time. But I'd rather he not have been picked. It's unnecessary exposure in it, and, and, and light on his his ability and skill. I suppose, uh, you know, for him, it's great recognition for him for, you know, the work he's done in such a short space of time. Um, but, yeah, I, I completely agree with you guys. I, I think it is too early, um, having played the amount of games he's played. Um, and I'd rather, you know what, I'd rather no Tottenham players play for England anyway, so... Yeah, I mean, we actually get asked about that. I mean, um, <coughs> I mean on Facebook, Glenn Oxo asks... Um, We'd rather we had fewer, no players in the England squad, so they all stayed fresh, or more, so they picked up the experience. Um, I think on a podcast, a lot of people just don't care about the international football or the, or the football team, or the, or the England football team. You do so a little bit more, so. I, I do more than most others, but I know I'm in a minority that I, that I genuinely care yeah, about. Where, where do you think that's come from, that? Me or the general apathy? Just general apathy, yeah. Um, I, think, I think after 2006 when I was a so-called golden generation and they didn't give a shit. And I think football's become, football's become a lot more partisan, I think, over the last 10 years, more than, more than before. I mean, there's always, I mean, you know, hooliganism in years gone by, but it was almost, um, you have a fight and they shake hands after and go to the pub together. But now I think it's come, come to a point when um, people find it hard to cheer for players who don't play for their team. Like, cheering for John Terry was a lot to swallow for some people. And Jack Walsh are now... In the modern day, yeah, absolutely. That's nailed it for me. I don't give a shit about England because I don't want Arsenal players and Chelsea players to do well. I don't want their fans to enjoy it. So, don't know. I don't care. Yeah, same. It was great, actually. To be fair, when when we had five players on the pitch against it was Italy, was it against Italy. Don't and, we, know. and, and Ta Townsend scored. It was Walker, Townsend, Mason, Kane. So four. Yeah. Okay, but that, that I enjoyed that game. Uh, for obvious reasons, and that was the first time I've watched England in years and actually enjoyed it and cheered, you know, relatively passionately yeah. when when Townsend was <laughs> all. But it was more about Spurs than England. Um, Rick, how do you feel about England? Well, <clears throat> I'm used to kind of the over expectation of Spurs and being let down. I don't need it again. So, um, <laughs> and plus, it's not our players anyway. So. When I was a kid, I used to. I, I think it's, you, you just get wrapped up in tournaments, and like, especially yeah. when I was younger, going out <coughs> boozing all day, and then afterwards just getting up to mischief and just being a dick, really, um, as as most youngsters do. But then, kind of like, I just I, I haven't really got. Do you know? It's funny you say that because it was it was actually the kind of attitude and and feeling in the air at an England game. I went uptown to watch. I think we played Paraguay in the first game of the 
2006. What? Was that 2006 World yeah. Cup? And it was just horrible. <clears throat> it was mm. it was it was laden with kind of racism, yeah, um, vile atmosphere. If I'm being honest, people singing certain things about German bombers and stuff like that, which I've got no time for. I mean, I get that people like that sort of stuff, but I don't. I don't. And um, it kind of turned me off England massively. Uh, added to that, the, the, most of the players I hate play for them. But um, I think we all remember where we were when we beat Germany 5-1. I remember just um, chundering in the hedge <laughs> on my way home from that game. Um, I mean, there are moments like that you can't really buy, but there is an element that seems to... You know, when you're watching England in a pub, I don't really watch much football in pubs generally, but I remember watching England, it might have been 2004, or might be 2002 actually, yeah, when we were in Japan, and you know, people are singing the songs that I've mentioned, and I just thought, you know, what is, what is this? What, what is this? Yeah. Do you know where I was during that 5-1? Uh, where? It's fishing. What? Yeah, Ricky's fishing. such a man's man. Fishing. To be fair, my mate said he was going to bring down like a portable TV for us to watch. He didn't. He didn't even have one. He just wanted me to go fishing with him. So I went fishing with him and then just got updates after. I really, I really do regret that. Guess any cop? Uh, do you know what? I don't think I did, actually. Bad day. Yeah, it was oh, a bad day. I think I watched it in the buzz bar and left the square. I don't know if that's even still there. Goodbye, though. They sold pictures for, like, seven seven quid. Fuck all this. Dyer. Why weren't Ian? If, if Ali gets in, surely Dyer's it's a Yeah, it's a strange one. It is a strange one. He's but... been phenomenal this season. Bizarrely. I mean, we've talked about him, so we won't go into it too much depth, but another great game against Swansea, in my opinion. Well, yeah, I mean, we've been bombarded with questions for him. I remember um, at stages last season, people would ask us, who's our most important player? Who's going to be the player who goes on to have the best career? No, it's Bentele, Bentele. <coughs> but now people are like, well... Does Bentaleb get back in the team? Yeah. With Dyer and Ali doing, doing a perfectly good job. Doesn't this show you, again, what Pochettino's skill is in, in developing players? Well, he, he did it, he's done it numerous times. Yeah, I mean, I think as a manager, you are kind of. Um, for me, I think a manager's kind of rated by how they improve players that they have. And I think the players that he's had, he's done, done fairly well with them. I mean, Tottenham have a very high player turnover. So it's not like he's had players who have been there for years and years and he's kind of re. Revitalise them, but there's people like Dyer who is visibly improved. Dyer did play midfield for um, for Lisbon for a bit, I believe, but Dyer's been a revelation. He really has. Um, before we go on to Swansea, uh, we, we played Monaco, and I went over there. And you know, I was giving Alex a bit of stick last year, last week, about him losing his passport. I wish I'd lost my passport. If I, I didn't have a good time. No, no, I really didn't enjoy it. I, it was all right. Monaco, in my opinion. I would never go back there. It was the most expensive place I've ever been. And I knew that would be the case. I wasn't expecting to pay £12 for a pint. Yeah, well, I, uh, It was in front of Casino Royale, and Ledley King was standing in front of it. So that was quite nice, but I still wouldn't pay £12 to see did, it again. Did it rain for the whole time? I know it rained during the game. Yeah, like 12 people had died in this rain. Like, it was that bad. Uh, we? We, we, uh, we was getting... Any, the, the game was kind of average. I mean, you watched everyone watched it. It was, it was a typical... European game away from home um, but kind of I got to 73 minutes and I thought it was at full time I didn't realise the time and I looked up and I'm like fuck's sake 73 minutes <laughs> <laughs> fucking hurry up it was kind of the atmosphere inside the stadium wasn't great there definitely weren't a sellout. I know we sold the tickets and went to loyalty points but that, there's no way we sold that block out and I would say there was about three quarters full 
It may have been that everyone was huddled under the one area of the stadium, uh, of, of our stand that was undercover because most of it was open. And that contributed probably to the atmosphere not being great. But no one seemed up for it. It was I, really I, can, I can hear the Spurs fans coming through, though. I could hear pockets, but they weren't very not uh, as loud as normal. There was there was maybe a hundred people singing. You know when um, when there's not ma- not much of a crowd, you can hear the players shouting at each other. Oh uh, yeah, you could hear Hugo screaming yeah. like clearly audibly on on TV. I hate that. Yeah, so I, we we watched the game, got home, got f- funneled like it's, we had to we got held back by the by the coppers because. There was apparently some. Because you're English. Yeah, because we're English, and you know all the other 500 Monaco Monaco fans had to get away quickly, as that's literally what <coughs> they took. Apart from a little pocket of ultra group they had on the other end, they were pretty good. But um, yeah, shit club Monaco, shit place to go, expensive. Fuck Monaco, basically. Um, and even if you live there and you're offended, I don't care. Uh, when I was trying to get away for, for, for to get back to the station, um, we get there. And the woman goes, oh, the tra- all the tracks are flooded. Uh, you, you know, you've got, you got to get a bus back. And when you're in a foreign country, you're not in a foreign country, you, when, you're, when you're abroad, when someone says get a bus to the airport and you're, you're a good 40 miles away, you're like, oh, fuck. I mean, even in England, that's bad enough. Yeah. But yeah. when you don't know where you're going, get on the bus, there's like 50 stops to, 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 to Nice. It goes to every single one, obviously. It takes us an hour to get, get, to, get to the airport. The woman said, you've got to get a 98 bus in Nice. And you're like, we get off, and there's like no signs to 98s. There's no bus stops anywhere near. near. <laughs> no one speaks English, nor should they, because it's you know French is their language. They shouldn't speak English. But it would help if a couple did. <laughs> and, 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 and didn't look like you was an absolute scum when you asked a question in English. Um, couldn't find 98. And it was the first time on the way home that I was panicked, because I, we had to get, our flight was in like an hour and a half. We, had, we were dropped. You flew back the same night. No, no, it's this next day. Okay. And we, and we, uh, we, um, we, I didn't know how to get us in. I'm with my dad and my brother, and they're not very proactive in, in getting shit sorted. We had two Tottenham fans who latched onto us, so I was responsible for them as well. I had to keep going into restaurants and just asking someone to call us a cab. You can't out cabs in France. They don't, they don't pull, pull over. <laughs> they refuse to. It's not what they do. So I'm like, how do I get home? How, do, how am I going to get us home? My dad getting angry, you know what he's like, Ricky, yeah, he gets nasty. Yeah. We used to call him Angry Dad on my phone, so you can imagine how he gets. Anyway, we got to we got in a cab finally, got across Nice. We was at like twenty five minutes from the airport. We thought we was around the corner. Bomb scare at the airport. Oh for fuck's sake. Ricky, why did you call it in for for fuck's sake? He <laughs> said don't do it, Ricky. Did you say bomb scare? <laughs> no. Sorry, I missed a joke there. And uh, and uh, gridlocked. Couldn't couldn't fucking the cab goes. You got to walk. Got to get out and walk. So uh, we did, and we got the plane by ten minutes. But yeah, fuck Monaco, basically. So all in all, it wasn't a very niche journey. <laughs> fuck you. But the funny, funny thing with um, with um, with European games, when they come to our lane, the game finishes. They just get let out. We go What's aboard. We go aboard, and they cage us like fucking animals. Yeah. I was still pissed off at Florence. They kept us in, they kept us back for fucking ages, man. No one touched yeah, my front bum, though. Fucking wankers. They know what the Tottenham are like. Though, yeah. They're not. Flav's like, Flav's a celeb, you know. Tottenham, Tottenham aggro! Tottenham <laughs> aggro! <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was none of that. Oh. It, was, it, was, it felt like the atmosphere felt a bit like, a, like they're, everyone had taken their wives along because it was Monaco and its experience. That's kind of, that was the atmosphere inside the stadium. Anyway, let's, I'm going to stop moaning now. 
I've got that out of my chest. I feel better. Well, we're, we're still top of the group. I think Carabag beat Anderlecht. So, um, yeah, it's a big result. Yeah, they did. They beat them one. But it was in, it's in Carabag. It's in Armenia. Is it Armenia? Is that what they are? Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. Yeah. So, um, so it's a good result for us. And um, I think considering we played Swansea straight after and we didn't get beat, we played all right. I think it's a good sign that maybe the European hangovers might be over, at least being... It's being come back like, in time. Last season, we were doing fine when we were in Europe. It was when we dropped out that we, uh, our form dropped off, bizarrely. Yeah. It was like the intensity had stopped. But so the, maybe... Sunday, the Sunday after the Thursday wouldn't be great, though. Hmm. So this time around, we've, we've had two games after and we've not lost either of them. One thing I noticed during the game, that Monaco kept getting chances where they were whipping the ball across um, over to the far post. And one of their players was just either beating our fullback or getting between the fullback and... Uh, the left back or right back Trippier's and um, and there was a couple of headers that were really close and every single time they resorted to doing that and we just couldn't stop them there was just I don't know it was just you could see what was happening and then when they scored it was just like I, I knew that was coming because they just kept doing the you same should have done thing better? Uh, all I could say was it was pissing down and that ball kind of was slippy I think should you have done better with a goal uh, I think it was maybe a bit too narrow. I think one of the centre backs could have maybe cleared that. It was a free header as well, pretty yeah, much. It was, yeah, it was free. It was El Shuari. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was him. And he's like he's the kind of ex AC Milan kind yes. of starlet who, who went to Monaco for the money, um, which they don't have much of. Yeah. Anyway, what, what, let's move on to more positive experiences. I really enjoyed the Swansea game. I thought we played really well. Um, it was like a basketball game, just end to end. It was a great game of football. Yeah, it was. It really was, and uh, we took. <coughs> I thought we did better at. Creating chances than, than they did. Um, Walker had a mare for the for the goal, but otherwise had what I thought was an excellent game. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, um, I think <laughs> I thought you were still making a point, <laughs> but I think um, the fact that IU out jumped two six foot plus mm. <laughs> central defenders was wasn't great either. But a lot of people big up, you know, Gary Monk and Swansea in general, but they've not won a game since August, home or away, in any competition. And, and I mean, obviously they're still winners after drawing yesterday, but people are like, oh, no, Swansea are in great form, but they've not won a game. I mean, Stoke near the bottom, you know, I think they won last weekend. So there's a lot of um, a lot of fans seem to underrate where we are and how we're doing. I think we've been, over the last three, four games, we've played very good football. Yeah. But yesterday's show that we missed Son an awful lot because he's, he's, he's had three starts, he's won all, all three of those games. And yesterday I think we missed that little bit of ingenuity Um Chad Lee replacing him was quiet for long spells. He's not been in great form himself. What do you think of Pochettino's subs? Because I, I thought he'd done really well. I, I thought where we were starting Hang to... Hang in a second, we're fucking jumping around here. What's up? I wanted to speak about Walker, innit? Go on, then, go All on. Right, and then we get to that bit, and then I'll talk more. <laughs> <laughs> what about Walker? I thought to do all right, man. I mean, for he, yeah, he, he was at fault for the... First goal. First goal. Um, but... What's the uh, left back? Is it M- not Monte? Is it Montero? No, he's Taylor. the winger. Yeah, Taylor. Taylor's Taylor. left back. Um, was it Taylor that put it in? No, it's Montero. Yeah, all right. That's that's what I'm. T- that's what I want to know, mate. That's what I want to know. <laughs> uh, Montero, anyway. Um, when he put the when he um, put the ball in, he, he's always going to go like from when I've been taught to play football, and like everyone knows how good I am. Yeah. Right, but yeah. you you always force someone to put to to move the ball onto their weaker foot, yeah. so that they can't put the you know they're not going to put a, a really good cross in, um, or a, a less dangerous cross in. And Walker did that, um, but then obviously 
he got beat, and then the ball came in, and is it Ayu? Is that yeah, it was it, it was a fight, you know, the, the geezer jumped, and he hung in the air, and it was, a, it was to, to get power back on the header, it was a... It was a great header. Decent I, header. Yeah, the run-up as but well. The, I think then, the centre-backs were out of position. With, with, uh, with the contest between Walker and Montero and um, at the back... You you always get matches in football like you always th- you always say oh like who's going to win the midfield or who's going to be like come out on top and it was a great match between them and like after he had made that mistake it was kind of like in like nine out of ten games um, something will happen and that won't go in but that will force him to refocus and think actually this guy's a danger I need to really be on point here and. Unfortunately for him, the, the cross came in and the guy scored. But then after that, a lot of the time, he, he had the better of him and he knew what he was going to do. He was more aggressive. Yeah. Um, uh, he stood up to him. But, you know, unfortunately, well, sometimes happens. that happens. Yeah, of course it does. And if, there, if, if defenders never made mistakes, there'd be so few goal, goals in football, it'd be ridiculous. But I agree completely. I think overall he had the better of Montero, who is a really good and exciting player and difficult yeah. to play against. He shepherded him out, was stronger than him most of the time. Despite the goal, I would still, I'd still rate Walker as uh, as having a very good game. Yeah, you know, he did. I mean, apparently, as I said in Italy, that nil-nil is a perfect game because you both cancelled each other out. Yeah. But obviously, a nil-nil in every game is, is not really going to happen. <laughs> Players are going to make mistakes. Nil-nil is a shit game, man. <laughs> well, it is, but in terms of um, tactically, it's perfect because you've both done what you set out to do to cancel the other team out. I mean, it's not exciting for 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 the pundit, but if if Ayu's header gets saved and Walker, you know. Gives a reprieve. It's, 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 I mean, I felt that um, we were in control, but the Harry Kane own goal really did um, put us on the back foot. <laughs> Great and finish. for the first, and for the, for five ten minutes, obviously, we were in a bit of a daze. We're like, what the fuck? What's going on? We're actually playing good football here, and we're not, yeah. and, and, and we're behind. I felt. Did it show you a bit of character about the team, though? Because we were behind. We went behind twice, come yeah. back to. I know it's a, a cliche to say how they showed character, but it wasn't just character in the goal, two brilliant free kicks, but one. You know, he used to, the keeper should have done a lot yeah. better in, but the second one was fucking but we, fantastic. We, we kept playing our football. But we kept playing our football. We had the better of them. Um, Townsend came on, and I, a lot of, you know, he's divided in opinion still. A lot of people are kind of very frustrated by his final ball. You know, his shots are not working for him for whatever reason at the moment. Really. He did have one decent shot. He did, yeah. Um, but I, I think he stretched him. I think it was perfect timing to bring him on. The game was open. He did scare them with his pace. He looked dangerous. I genuinely think if Townsend moves on for Tottenham and, and, and goes to a lesser team like Swansea or even Stoke or someone like that, he would he's going to have a field day. He's going to have because the pressure isn't there. Well, people think people, people, expect people think that we defend Townsend because <laughs> they have his dad on, on, on the pod, and that's 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 not the case at all. I yeah, think, it's hundred percent um, true. When he comes on, he does good podcasts. If we insult his son, he's not going to come back on again. So whoever said that's spot on. <laughs> well, well, yeah. <laughs> But I don't think... No, that was a joke. People, people are coating him off. I don't think he was our worst player by any stretch of the imagination. He's, the subs come under a set of instructions, and I thought that he went on to stretch the game. He made a few errors of the crosses, but... I think people look at a game of football, or, or, or Townsend, and just see what he does when he gets the ball. Yeah. If he's stretching the game, he's creating opportunity for everyone. Uh, and we did, since, after he came on, we were creating chances. We should have won that game, Rick. My hand's been up so long I forgot what I was going to say now. Nice one. Uh, what about Anderson? No, no, I'll get on to him. Um, yeah, with Ch- I'll, I'll go with Townsend while the other thing comes back. OK. Uh, with uh, with Towno, um, <laughs> he, uh, 
Look, an- another thing is well, my dad told me if you don't if you don't shoot, you won't score. <laughs> and uh, and when he had the opportunity, he was he, he was going for it. And the thing is, nobody else was. And and when it opens up, why not have a fucking pop? I mean, yeah, it's you, you know they're not all going to fly into the back of the net. Um, and previous games as well, right? I've remembered what I was going to say as well. Uh, previous games, he hasn't been so uh, so kind of going forward and shooting all the time so I, I thought it was a slight change and when he came on the second half he came on because he was coming to like stretch the game and to get an equaliser to get a winner so that, I mean that was part of his part of his role the other thing I was going to say go back to Poch and the mentality and stuff um, and you know we, we came from behind twice oi oi um, but I would also like from supporting Spurs and to an extent put that back to um dare I say AVB because I saw a lot of the mentality change there um where normally we'd go one down heads would drop and we'd get tonked by by everyone and you know we'd be very kind of um if someone scores against us then we're all like against the ropes and everyone's running towards the ball and it's just a massive clusterfuck but whereas it's kind of been drilled into them from maybe AVB from Poch to I say Redknapp actually that, that's okay I remember oh, what oh, I'll right. give an example is I remember when uh, Spurs went down to ten men against Villa and and we went on to win the game. Was that a Christmas game two one? Yeah, Van der Bar scored yeah. two beautiful goals. And, uh, and I that, remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were winning away for fun. And I think mentality, a strengthened mentality in the squad comes or is most evident away from home. And we've been good for four years away from home. I think it's ju- it's just that kind of mentality to say, look, I know they've scored, but you've got 60 minutes, 70 minutes, 80 minutes left of the game. Just play it like it's still nil-nil. Like just, just carry on and doing your thing um, mm. instead of just like panicking and thinking, "Oh fuck, we're one nil down." But yeah. it, it's good to see because I mean, f- supporting Tottenham for however many years, the, the teams that I've seen absolutely fold from just like going one nil down in five minutes. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Conceding a throw-in, I've seen teams. Fold, <laughs> <laughs> but just to. Um, going to Ricky's point, I think in the Evening Standard um, today, Tom Colomos, I don't know if I pronounced his name wrong, um, but he made a point that our team pretty much picks itself. I mean, Loris in goal, Vertonghenau de Verold, the right-back and left-back's pretty much solid there, Dyer Ali. I think there's going to be minimum amount of changes in our team. I mean, previous man- I mean they've got Pellegrini, um, Mourinho, Rogers, who's now gone who keep tinkering with their team and the formation because they don't know what they quite want. But we've got a, we've got a set formation. The players all know what they're doing. They all know what they all know their jobs, and I think that that also indicates in a way that we kind of held it together when we did go goal down on, on both occasions. And I think we're now a more solid and more stable outfit. I mean, we let in two goals yesterday, but more or less we're a fairly we're a fairly solid side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, before yesterday we had the, the best defensive record in the Premier League along with United. So. But now we've got the longest time beating one instead. So actually, we still got it. Glass half full because uh, well, Leicester yeah. lost. Leicester lost um, to Arsenal last week, and United lost three nil to the yeah. Scum. Uh, so that means we think we still. Well, Swan- Swansea beat them though. Yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> Poch, uh, you know, is like you said, uh, unbeaten run now, stretching seven games. Yeah. Um, which is impressive. But I don't think we're going to lose again this season in any competition. <laughs> um, 
And a lot of that's going to come down as how much he rotates the squad and if he will do that. And we had a question from Ruffy123 from Reddit. He says, do you think people worry too much about resting players? If you're Harry Kane and in need of goals, I'm sure the last thing he wants to do is sit on the bench. With Poch being a fitness-minded coach, I don't think there's any players should be dropped at this point in the season because they need a rest. I, I didn't, <clears throat> didn't even read that up, but I was just about to bring the point up about uh, the substitution of Dembele and, and Kane. Yeah. Um, when I was sitting there watching the game, it's quite difficult because obviously I'm a Spurs fan, so I, I kind of I, I think and the substitutions would obviously be with my heart, and it's kind of like any other manager that, that removes themselves from that situation is like, right, we've got 80 minutes, we've got probably what 14 minutes to play. Um, do we take a point and be happy, or do we go on and, and try and try and win? Because we, as a lot, of, it was a very open game, and we could have quite easily won. Um, and then putting, you know, the sense of putting Dembele there, he's, he's strong, he holds the ball up, you know. We're not he gonna, did well when he came we're on. We're not going to lose possession. And, um, so at the time I was like, oh, fucking hell, man, you're, you're putting like Dembele on for Kane. Like, keep but, Kane on, mm. like, just keep on going, man, just keep on going, attack and win. Um, but then in hindsight, it kind of like, you know, draws fair result. But we, we still created chances when he went off. Yeah, but uh, it's just kind of that... I think that's the, this is this is the kind of way football fans are tactically mm. like win the game, <laughs> win the, just win the, just kick the ball in the net. Yeah. You know, don't take Kane off. He's a striker. Yeah, and then if you want goals, you can leave your strikers on. But I think I'm pretty sure it's more complex than that. There's more going on in that football pitch. Yeah, of course it is. But I mean, for, for me as as a Spurs fan, my first reaction was that's fucking mental decision. But then afterwards, I kind of sit back and think, do you know what? If we would have lost, uh, everyone would be like, fucking, you're bringing Dembele on. If we would have won, mm. genius. Well, Pochettino said that in the press conference, didn't he? Yeah. He said, if I, if I lose, I'm a shit. If I win, then... <laughs> I'm the bollocks, yeah. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Pochettino comes in, if I, if I win, I'm the bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, at this stage in the season, you're right, no one needs a rest. Although some players, some games take more out of a player than others um, and Kane did look tired and I, I don't know if bringing Dembele on was the right thing but it wasn't bringing them Dembele and putting him up front and G1 up front and um, did okay so we'll see yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of NG at the moment but no. I think this season will just be him finding his way and next season I feel we'll see the best of him um, him and Son almost in contrast Son comes in starts straight away um been a revelation in my opinion so far. Ng is still finding his way. Yeah. Um, he had a shot yesterday that went, went out for a throw in, which is just in, an indication of of where he is. He did that volley against Arsenal as well. That done exactly. The same. Yeah, I mean, he, he did he did a little bit of skill against City that people keep you know, seem to bring up to kind of you know the oh, four yeah. <clears throat> Clinton defence. But I think um, you can, I do you think can't this... really be judging him at, at this stage. No, but I've got to say what I see, haven't I? He can do whatever he wants. People uh, think. I'm, people, gonna... I'm not saying he's not. He's not above showing an opinion on. I don't think. I think he can be a good player for Spurs. I just think he's come to us without a pre-season to a new team. He does speak a bit of English, which is helpful. Mm. I mean, Son speaks no English at all, apparently. But um, but I think that um, in G, I think next season will will see the better. I think he's one for the future. Absolutely, but, he wasn't bought to, to come in. But if he doesn't get a taste of first team football, we will never see him. But he got Dyer and Ali, who didn't who weren't necessarily bought with the intent to start games. Dyer scores in his debut. Ali's just been Ali. Yeah, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, each player's different at different yeah, stages. Exactly. Yeah. When I was reading uh, kind of the the blogs of um, people that follow French football or claim to follow French football, they were saying that he's a very, he's he's a good player. He's got pace. He's got this. He's got that. But he's a very raw talent, and yes. sometimes he's not going to make the right decision, and sometimes he's not going to do this and not going to do that. So what? T, what going back to what T's saying, you know, uh, pre-season, new team, new country. You know, there, there's a lot of elements that come into it, but. Um, yeah, I think um, it would be it would be harsh to write him off at this moment. Well, the shots that you talked about going over to the corner flag are where he's raw, and the turn he did against City and the ball he played in is his potential, I guess. So we'll yeah. see what Poch does with him. And if, yeah. as, as he's proved with Dyer, with Rose, if there is a player in Clinton and G, then Pochettino will probably be able to get it out of him. I mean, the only player I've ever ever judged after such a short amount of time was Paulinho. I thought it was Harry. I was going to say Harry Kane. Yeah, no, fair enough. Two players then. <laughs> and 50%. 50% on there. Well, 75. Well, it depends. Give yeah, yeah. performance yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, best of luck, Harry Kane, with the rest of the season. All right. Uh, now we've got Windy with his youth update. Yeah. Windy, back to drop the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you. I got your back. Hi, Windy here, back with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off the loan players, Grant Ward played 90 minutes and scored his first league goal for Rotherham, an unstoppable strike from 25 yards, as they lost 2-1 to Burnley. DeAndre Yedlin made his first Premier League start and played the full 90 minutes in Sunderland's 2-all draw at home to West Ham. Connor Ogilvy returned to the Stevenage lineup after getting over a hamstring injury. He played 90 minutes, but they lost 1-0 at home to Carlisle. Kelly McAvoy wasn't involved. Finally, Nathan Ottawa played 62 minutes and Dominic Ball was a late sub for Rangers as they won 3-1 at home to Falkirk in the Scottish Championship. Our under-18s lost 4-3 at home to Chelsea on Saturday morning. Ryan Loft scored twice, won a penalty and Charlie Owen scored the other. Coach Kieran McKenna said after the match, I thought the character, resilience and commitment was very strong throughout. That's something that we've been emphasising in the last few weeks, so that was pleasing, and I thought we had some good spells in the game, although so did Chelsea. The main disappointment from our side, though, is the goals conceded in the second half. They were poor goals to let in from our point of view, and we didn't really make Chelsea work too hard to get them. That's it for this week, but if you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter, at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On New Spurs. Second half of the Fighting Cop podcast. Thanks very much, Windy. Cheers. See money. We didn't see <laughs> murder. We didn't. Um, we didn't talk about Ericsson's free kicks. We didn't do that section of the game justice. Uh, we mentioned it briefly. What do you think, T? Um, I was a bit irritated by the match of the day coverage. Um, the stream I saw, I couldn't really make head or tail of the free kick. Really, I just know it was amazing that went in. But match of the day, they were given the first one. Both of them, because it's a stream, you can't really see the angle and where people are standing. Because the first free kick they sent is a deflection, and and it wasn't. Right. And, we, and I couldn't really tell on the stream. So, um, well, most of the day they were giving Fabianski a lot of grief, saying, "Well, he was he should have done better with it." But I think, I think when Erickson takes a free kick, he tries to outwit the keeper, and he outwitted the keeper on two occasions. Whether or not it's in the middle is immaterial. The fact he's made the keeper look a mug twice mm. is, is, is a sign of how, and how, of how well he did. And I the fact that the keeper... He took three free kicks, 
and the keeper saved one of them. So one of them, the keeper guessed right, but the keeper can't dive after the ball's been hit. It's not physically possible. So he's got to take the gamble, and he got it wrong on two occasions. You, you mean he can't commit? No, he to, can't. Yeah, yeah. I think the first one, it was down to him not being able to see it. I think Ericsson realised that if he put it in that area, there was a slight gap in the wall, and it yes. just went over their head. It was really hard for Fabianski to see it. It was a good free kick because of that, and I think he in, intended to do it. Although ideally, as he did with the second goal, he would have got, he would have placed it higher. He went a bit peeler with it, didn't he? Because he kind of hit it, he kind of knuckleballed it. Yeah, and that that wasn't what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting it. I've never seen him. I've never seen him do that. I, 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 he he would have. It was all like Balesque a little bit. Uh, yeah. Bale used to do something similar. Yeah. Um, but the second one was unstoppable. I mean, no keeper in the world would have got near that. I don't think, unless there was some sort of magician. And they could see football move before it did. Um, what? Go on, T. I mean, I think the issue, I mean, where they maybe had a point was that you put a wall on one side to protect that side of the goal and the keeper protects the other side and the keeper dives on the side where the wall was. Yeah, so was expecting. from that point of view, maybe the keeper was in a bit of the one, but he outwitted him. Yeah, he did. And, and he's an amazing free kick taker and he, he changed it up because he, he usually... He usually uses the inside of his boot to curl it in yep. to the top corner or, or thereabouts. But he, he, he went across the keeper, which is it's got to be a harder skill to pull off. But such is his faith in himself as a, an absolute world-class free kick taker. And I want to ask you a question. You can, you, you can go on to, but I just want to ask you who you think Spurs' best ever free kick taker was or is. Um, to be fair, I mean, Berbatov doesn't take that many, but we'll all remember the West Ham one. Um, oh, and Bell done the one against Arsenal. Which but Bell was a brilliant oh, free kick taker. Yeah. Uh, he got better towards the end of his time at Spurs. He was metronomic with him. Yeah, he did. He did develop that skill of hitting the ball with the, the knuckle. Yeah. Know, it's like the knuckle ball kind of yeah. thing. And he kind of nicked off Ronaldo. No, Ronaldo hasn't scored a free kick in something like a hundred attempts or something. He takes all of them. That's why. Yeah, um, I think the only one that can rival. Um, Ericsson is probably Bale, yeah. but Ericsson is just—he's militant with he, it. He scored the most free kicks since he's joined. Since he's joined our club, anyone who's at the club at the same time, he scored the most, almost twice the amount. He scored six. Yeah, Suarez got three, I think, but he scored the most. Yeah, his free kick is is unbelievable, and it's an amazing weapon for us to have. If you concede, if you concede a free kick around the box against Spurs, we're going to hit the target. Mm. You know, nine times out of ten. But just quickly, what was your thought when we won the figure? I thought maybe it's a bit wide on one side. What's it going to do from there? I thought it wasn't central enough for him to really trouble the keeper. But but he still. Well, scoring. he did. He chose the right part of the, yeah. the of the goal, and it would have been harder for him to curl it and get it up and over that wall from yeah. that angle. Uh, talking about Ericsson, there was a lot about uh, a lot of. In the match write-ups that, that I saw, is that you know he's come, come into form and things like that. How do you feel Ericsson's been performing? Because not great. Like the, I think coming into form, I think it's uh, quite nice of them to, to, to say that. I I, I don't know whether it's because uh, you know coming back from injury or, or whatever, but he certainly hasn't been like hitting those top, that top gear that. Uh, I've seen him. I think he came do. when he did. He come on against City. Uh, he came. No, he started against. City. Oh right, uh, he, the Torre goal. The the first goal Torre outran him. Yeah, I, he had. Um, he's had a decent game before last week, and you would say that he had a great game against um, Swansea because he scored two free kicks. I thought he was okay. 
by and large, other than that, you know, he, he had a good a good game, I guess. Um, but he hasn't been decent since March like this year. I'm, I'm hoping, obviously, with these two goals, it'll give him a bit more confidence, give him that kind of more uh, willing to push the boundaries, uh, the, the, the forward passing that he's making and having a shot on goal and just being a bit more um, kind of attack-minded, really. So I, I, I'm hoping that he'll kick on from here. I liked his interview after the game. Uh, he said, they asked him, how impressed have you been with Spurs' start to the season? And he said, I haven't been impressed. We've just been doing what we're told to be to, to, to do on the pitch. And, I, and and my first instinct was it struck me as a little bit kind of arrogant or dismissive of our progress. But actually, when you think about it, if that's the mentality in the squad, that this isn't impressive performances... This is two points dropped. Yeah, two points dropped, or or is just you know what we've been told to do, and it, and it's pragmatic and it, it is purposeful. But there's room to improve, and the squad yeah. know it. That's a that's got to be a positive and exciting thing. The I mean the issue that I've got and Nick has brought up countless amount of times is that Ericsson is not very brave. Um, the Arsenal game, which we talked which we talked about in depth last week already was a prime example of um, Ericsson just ducking out of challenge time after time, and it's so frustrating. And this is something... He's, he's been a passenger for a lot of the games he's come back for. Yesterday, he was a lot better, but I thought he had to be because Chadley's not been on form this season, and Chadley was quiet yesterday again. I oh, know, that little bit of skill when he back heeled to yeah. get MG in. Yeah. Oh, mate, yeah. I came in my pants. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and Lamella also was, was quiet yesterday too, so I thought Ericsson... Ericsson took it upon himself to kind of step up his game yesterday. So I think um, Ericsson's getting him. I don't think he's fully recovered from, from his injury yet. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. And hopefully that those two goals do give him the confidence to kind of be a bit more expressive. Actually, not. he is expressive. He does try balls, but they just haven't been coming off at the moment mm. uh, for, for a while. And, and hopefully that will change. Obviously, Pochettino rates him and he's going to pick him if he's fit. I think him and Ali and Son are the best three behind the striker. And when them, if them three get to start together, then we'll see. That's a good depth of squad we've got, really. You think we've got especially, a lot of... especially the front six. Yeah, and which was a problem last year, yeah. massively. Okay, the Fighting Cock supports a campaign against living miserably. Twelve men a day commit suicide. It's in fact the biggest killer of men under forty-five in the UK. If you're feeling sad or low, talk to someone. Come have a helpline open from five pm until midnight. The number's oh eight oh eight eight oh two five eight five eight. You can use their web web chat from 5pm until midnight each day of the week. They have calmzone.net, the website, and their Twitter handle is at the calmzone. Um, it's non-league day. There's no football. Um, no, there's international, so yeah. there's no Premier League, no championship. And there's a thing called non-league day. Uh, Nick Hill asked us to mention this because he's the press officer at 17 for uh, Finchley and Wingate. And um, this is an initiative that, that runs across the UK and it's October the 10th this year. Uh, it's basically a great time to go and support your local local club. Um, find out who that is. If you're not going to go and watch your, your Premier League team or maybe you, you're going to skip the international football, then why not go and support your, your local club? It's a good thing to do. Um, the two teams that we have are obviously Wingate and Finchley, uh, which are on Summers Lane in N12. They'll be taking part in the third round of their FA Cup qualifiers. Um, the win would take them to their fourth round, which would be the longest in their history, the, the longest run they've had. Uh, it's 25 minutes from White Hart Lane. If you're thinking a little bit more locally, obviously we've got Harringay Borough on White Hart Lane, Coles Park, the stadium. It's it's uh, it's 
rust, what's the word? Rustic. Rough, rough around the edges, <laughs> that ground, but it's proper football. They won the league last year, came up. They're struggling in the Ryman North. Uh, I think they're like fourth, fifth from bottom, and they won one, a game, won one away game this season. But, you know, if you want to watch some, some might say proper football, Rick, I don't know how you feel about non-league football. What are you going to do the weekend? It's it is a really good initiative, um, and like obviously get kind of get behind everyone that that takes part in it. But um, I'd rather eat dog shit than watch non-league football. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I, I, all all I remember is like, as as a kid, uh, my when when Spurs were playing away, and I couldn't get to the games, uh, my dad would have on rotation. Stevenage, Rushton and Diamonds and Northampton and you know the standard of football that's not even my kind of gripe with it it's just it wasn't Tottenham so I just didn't have that kind of mm. emotional attachment to it and I couldn't give a shit that while I was there it was kind of like I'm out and I'm in the cold and I've got you know I'm just not enjoying this um, I'm selling this really well for you guys, actually. <laughs> uh, but, look, I, that, that, to be fair, I mean, you've got to be truthful about these things, I guess, if that's how you feel. Um, a lot of people do feel the same thing. They're kind of apathetic to um, to non-league football. So, you know, but there are some people who are not, and there, there, there has been a good initiative. Uh, it's been going for a few years. T's been a... Yeah, you have been I've, a, only, I've only ever been to, like, maybe two non-league games. But I think a few years back, I went to Wembley, and I think they won 6-0 at the time. Who? Wembley, I don't know who they beat. Oh, oh! You, I thought you meant we went to the stadium. No, no, Wembley so Football Club. Team. Wembley Football Club, and they won. Um, but my local team, Hanwell Town, are also in the FA Cup. They're playing Grays Athletic um, Saturday. So I'm probably going to go to that game. I guess the thing of local non-league games, you go with your mates who live nearby and they probably support different teams. You're actually supporting one team. So, yeah. But I guess in... I mean, I do kind of agree with what Ricky says in, in the sense that watching non-league, there's not Spurs, it's not... As much fun, but probably more about the day out. It's like, watching, yeah. it's like when the Olympics were in London, you watched a game of volleyball, which you wouldn't normally do, but you're just enjoying it for what it is. Yeah, I and, think that's what it's about, isn't it? Is, you know, yeah. I think no one's asking you to go and support another team. They're yeah. just you kind of you're supporting football, the sport that you love, kind of thing. Um, and and a lot of people are becoming disaffected with the Premier League. You know, the amount of money in the game, and they now have very kind of loud and vocal and good support going to clubs like Clapton and. Yeah. Um, Dulwich Hamlet, you know, so there, there's definitely a movement towards this kind of thing, and non-league day can only help that grow, I guess. I mean, the, the, I mean, I think the other day there was a survey done by the FA or the Football League or whatever, and um, they said something along the lines of um, the average price of a ticket in League Two is 15 quid, mm. but someone debunked it by saying a kid's ticket. They use the kids' tickets to, to make help the average, to, yeah. yeah, to help the average go down, but the average for League Two is about. 20 quid, I think. It's still a lot. Yeah. And that's still quite dear for for what isn't a great quality of football compared to the Premier League. Mm. I mean, I watched the, I watched, I watched, um, I mean, Brentford are kind of my local team and watching them, I think, Dan Bentford score a hat full here. Mm. I mean, he's not doing it now because, I mean, obviously the league's about years ago, so I watched them and think, well, can you imagine Luka Modric just on this pitch just like dictating play? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, what you're, what you're seeing is those on those pitches are those the, the really good kids at school yeah. you know there's always a couple of yeah. that's what you're seeing in League 2 because the, the kids that are amazing at your school we've all played against someone who's either semi-pro or was a former pro and we just don't get near them yeah, you, played, you, played, you played with me you remember yeah I played I played a Flav once and I couldn't get near him. <laughs> 
Probably because you're on the same team. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. He was left back. I was up front. Is this giving me a tenner, by the way? Harry so. <laughs> uh, Gay are offering free entry to anyone who wants to go and see them. Um, so, yeah, go down and give them support. Free entry? That's quality, actually. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? Um, Jamie Carragher, uh, his comments in the wake of Brendan Rodgers sacking, which I'm, I'm quite gutted about, actually. I really wanted to see him run them into the ground. Uh, he's saying Liverpool are like Spurs in thinking they're a big club, and they're not. How do you feel about that? His actual quote was, Liverpool are becoming Spurs, think they're a big club, but the real big clubs are not worried about them, who they buy, what they're going to do. That's the situation as it's become for Liverpool, even when I was there at the end. That's quite harsh on Liverpool. Is it harsh on Tottenham? I think it's probably fair to a certain degree. I mean, it's irritating because you don't usually hear pundits be so frank and open, but maybe more of them should be. Because they were digging Spurs out, you kind of take it to heart a little bit. But do Chelsea give a shit who we sign? Probably not. Man United, Man City, nah. So I think saying that uh, Liverpool are becoming Tottenham and, and they think they're a big club and they're not. Like Liverpool, they're less a club than nothing. <laughs> we finished above them six times that last seven. They've only finished above. The only manager to finish above us in a lot since two thousand and nine is Brendan Rodgers, and they've sacked him. I mean, when you tally it up, like with Liverpool and like the, I don't know, 18 league titles, five European Cups, yeah. I don't know how many FA Cups fucking and all that lot. Um, and that that is not a small club or a medium club. Like, I think my issue with it is all he's doing is perpetuating Sky's agenda. So you're a big club if you're top four. And yeah. that's it. And yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And that's bollocks. That is bollocks. Because that makes more than a big club than, than being in the top four. We're a much bigger club than Chelsea. Uh, We're a bigger, much, much bigger club than Man City. Uh, exactly. I was but about in, to say, Man City and Chelsea, uh, for, for me, if, if you're talking about big clubs, they're not big clubs. Not at all. If, if you've taken away that money um, and it was kind of like play, played, how it, played it out how it is... Would would have more trophies and more everything. Than, well, it's just, than I them. think it's about fan base, and you can't include in this. And I'm trying not to p- piss people off who are abroad, but you can't include people who have jumped on the Premier League bandwagon because it's become a global commodity here. This is traditional support, traditional uh, English football, and these clubs have just been happened to be helped by foreign money and the globalization of the game. But in terms of what a big club is, it's about your fan base and, and, and how it was built. And the fact is, Chelsea's got no fan base, really. You know, you, you could say the same for Man City. They couldn't fill their ground out when they were in the Premier League before the money. Mm. They still struggle now. But to Carragher, they're a big club because they can spend £200 million a season. And that's the problem here, Jamie. You dick. Yep. I mean, I'm a bit irritated that they sacked Brendan Rodgers before they play us. They're going to have the, the new manager bounce. Um, but I think they've obviously got um, Klopp lined up, which is why they sacked him when they did. I it's think blatantly it's, first it's, game it's, it's nailed on. It? It's nailed on, and it'll be <laughs> first going to be against us, and they'll, and they'll probably destroy us. Um, <laughs> as as Flav has um, just said, I mean, I guess if you really break it down to the brass tacks, what he's said isn't isn't exactly a million miles from the truth, and that. Um, Nobody worries about who Spurs by, but there's a, there's an agenda that Sky have and that the media have that Liverpool should be up there challenging. And I don't know where that comes from. What, they're what, only what? they're only two points off fourth as well, so they're not exactly like falling away or anything. So they have to have another manager in place to replace Rodgers. That's why they've got rid of him. It's not because they're doing badly because they're not. No, and it's probably going to be Klopp. 
But that is a risk in itself because Klopp built Dortmund up and carved a, a squad and developed players. And a, that club take, in, a club in his image. Yeah, exactly. In the same way that Wenger has at Arsenal. And I can't wait for that cunt to go. I can't wait. We've been saying this for years, haven't we, Rick? Remember when we used to have a smoke in the back garden? <laughs> yeah. And at the main topic of conversation, because it's every year we ain't getting another contract, is when is he going to die? He might have a heart or attack. Or when, yeah, when will he get when will he get uh, he get the boot? Uh, or when will he just fuck off and resign? He's never going to go. He's, he ain't, is he? It's just 20th no. season. He's going to live forever, and he's going to stay forever. And, and, and that's my point here is that... That we're going to die and Wenger will still be managed. <laughs> that's our point. Is that, yeah. He's 114, <laughs> he can't manage a team. <laughs> what did you say, Gary? I can't hear you, my hearing aid. <laughs> just fuck off, Wenger! <laughs> Uh, yeah, fuck it. That's, that's done. I can't remember what my point was. You, you got anything else to say? Um, no. Okay, fair enough. Questions coming in from uh, Nicholas Temple on Twitter. He asks, "What's the tallest animal you could piss over?" Oh, if you, I guess if you arch back and 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 and, and you've got a powerful stream. What I've worked out: the older I get, the less powerful my stream is. It's also dribbling out like a orange syrup at the moment. Oh, uh, I think um, thick, I, very thick, very, very I think, pungent. <laughs> I think a Shetland pony. You couldn't piss over a Shetland pony. That's the pony's fact. not that tall. About Shetland ponies aren't tall. Well, you reckon you could piss over from... his back, not over his head. Yeah, over his over his back. A Shetland pony is at least five foot tall. No, it's not. It's got to be. All right, how, how tall is it? Three what? foot. That you mean a Shetland pony's that big? Well, no one can see your hand, can they? A three foot tall. I don't think you thought this through, and, and actually... OK, but... a Great Dane, a Great Dane, a fucking Great Dane, there you go. A Great Dane. A Great fucking Dane. I love, I love the way it is. No, you can't do it. Great Dane, Great Dane. No, 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 Rick? Uh, I would say um, a cow. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. But you got a strong stream. Uh, when you need to go, like you imagine, like it, it, it is, you're at the que- you're at the queues at Tottenham, and you're shuffling it along, and your belt's already undone. You've had shit loads of beer beforehand, and you get to that urinal, and even though, I, I always hate that I'm, I'm standing at urinal, and there's like a, a queue five deep, and they're all looking at me, so oh, fucking come on, mate, it's like. <laughs> I've literally had the same amount, not the same amount of beer as you, like, and you're going to take as long as me pissing. I'm going as fast as I can. I'm pushing as hard as I can. Fast I'm going to piss my gallbladder in a minute. How, how, how close do you get to the basin before when you start pulling your cock out at Tottenham? What's uh, an acceptable depth in the queue? Three, three deep. Three deep. <laughs> three deep. <laughs> I, I, my, my belt's done. My, 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 belt's, my buttons are on. My pop. belt's out as soon as I get yeah. off my seat. His trousers are around his fucking ankles. Three people. It's just shuffling to the, the queue. <laughs> Do you imagine pulling it down? Do you, you remember them, them kids at school? Yeah, yeah. They pulled their trousers all the way down to yeah. their ankles and have a pee and you see their ass. It was funny when you were four. What the fuck were they thinking? I used to piss, and like when I was younger, I, I would break porcelain the, the strength of my piss. And if that, if I if I was younger, I could I reckon I could do a Shetland pony easy. But as it stands, it's like a fucking dribble. I don't know what I've done to my bladder because I'm going to say a pug. A pug. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> a guinea pig. Hamster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's answered. That is done. Thank you, Nicholas Temple. Uh, Marty Gallagher from Facebook, he says, as the unbeaten run continues, at what point does it start, if possible, to look as a negative? I don't understand the question. Uh, I, think he, I, I don't. Th- un- what? I think what, what the fuck? 
Sorry, no, sorry, T, t- enlighten us before I start going off on one. I think what he feels is that when it becomes a bit of a millstone around your neck, like you think if we've got a protective unbeaten one, we're obviously, we're obviously not there at the moment. We're going to lose a game again. Like, don't think that we're never we're going to never lose a game again. It's going to happen eventually. No, I was joking. <laughs> but you're ne- of course we're going to lose a game again. The unbeaten run won't go on forever, but it's just it's a, an example of the progress of the team is all. Yeah. It doesn't become a, a, a was it a millstone? Yeah, it doesn't become one of those, whatever that is. <laughs> After how many games are it? It doesn't. It never does. It's just a thing. We're going to lose a game. Don't get all caught up in the in the unbeaten run. I think just Rafa, use it as a, a as a as a marker to, for our progress. That's Rafa, Rafa Benitez. I think when he managed Chelsea, he said um, the thing with an unbeaten run: the more games you have, the closer you are to the end of it. So. It's not really worth putting... That's a pretty pessimistic way to look at it. No, yeah. but he just thought, well, you know, it's not worth putting pressure on it. Just, just, play, just, just play your game, and if you lose the unbeaten money, you just crack on. Yeah, you Start another it. one. You ignore yeah, it. So it, was, it was a pessimistic. It's just a case of just... Yeah. But then Benitez did come out of some fucking mental quote about a priest and a sh- sugar heap or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he lost it completely, yeah, didn't he? Did. And... I still wanted him of a potch. I know. Yeah, I remember us talking about that. Pochettino, yeah. De Boer or um, Benitez, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I wanted Benitez. Me too. Yeah, me, I think. None of us wanted Pochettino. No? <laughs> yeah, I remember that podcast. Do you want Pochettino? We did barely even talk yeah. about him and then no. two days later, yeah, Pochettino. <laughs> Brilliant Spurs, get the shittiest one, but as it turns out. But just, just quickly on that point, I mean, Liverpool are talking about Ancelotti and um, Klopp. But I think Klopp is probably more of a Pochettino in the sense that he's someone who, who will build a team build the academy, rebuild the club. Mm. And I feel like someone like Ancelotti and Benitez are managers who just... Um, They're almost stopgaps, aren't they? Yeah, no, but they win trophies and then they fuck off. Mourinho is obviously a grander example of these two. doesn't want to build a dynasty, just wants to win trophies and get, and crack on. Right, and um, this his meltdown being amazing to look at. It yeah. is. It's just... Um, the, the, it's almost like a wildlife. It's like, first of all, they're admiring him. Now they're like... Watch as he unfolds. Yeah. <laughs> they go another week without winning the game. Watch as he, watch he, watch he spend seven minutes answering a simple question. Yeah, but it's just that's the media, isn't it? That's just what they do. It's easy way to do journalism. Well, football is a soap opera for men. I've often turn on it. him. The animal's dying. Yeah. Film it. <laughs> it's bleeding out of its ass. Get a close up of it. That's the media, isn't it? That's exactly that. That's the way it is. Um, yeah, I've always had like a. I've always kind of admired. Mourinho and, and, and been happy he's been around because he winds Arsenal fans up so yes. much. And I was having a conversation with my colleague at work who sits next to me. He's an Arsenal fan. One of the sound ones, a few, few sound ones, uh, where he doesn't dig me out constantly as he could. Um, but I don't like talking about football with him because I, I'm not going to share a joke about Chelsea with you. <coughs> I'm not, yeah. not going to do that. I'm not going to talk about how shit Chelsea are with you because... You're enjoying that, and I'm not going to share that with you. That just isn't going to happen. So when you start talking about Mourinho or any Arsenal fans, I'm going to start defending him because that's what I've got to do as a Spurs fan. It's just the way. It's like if your mum was digging you out and been horrible to you, but your and your mate says to you, "Your mum's been a bit harsh." Why don't you fucking shut, mate? Look at your mum. She fucking disgusts me. Her breath stinks. Tell us to wash her armpits, and obviously his mum doesn't stink. She's she's lovely, but you know when you've you got to lash out, haven't you? You got you got to be defensive about these things, and you, there's a logic to football. And I, I won't accept sharing sharing any joy with Arsenal fans, even if it's Arsenal at Chelsea. Oddly, you say that it's like when Spurs fans think, well, like this. You, you look at Gary Monk. Why isn't he managing Spurs? He's doing so much better than us. It's almost like 
your mum saying, oh, look at your friend, he's so well-behaving. You know that your mate's a cunt. Yeah. And it's like, you know... He, it just turns up and yeah, polite. Yeah. That always happens as well. Pick up your own fucking kids, man. <laughs> Stop telling me to be like my friends, they're idiots. You know, people like Spurs, oh, you know, look at yeah. Gary Monk. Said, no, oh, so he manager. stuck his dick in his all pipe. Yeah. You didn't see that, exactly. did you? <laughs> your friends are so nice. They are, oh, you should see what they say about you, mum. <laughs> anyway, what was the question? Number three. Okay. Bankrupt Spurs. Give them a follow on Twitter. It's a good follow. Uh, if every player was ordered to knock one out to their own image in the mirror, who would climax, climax first and last? I think Fazio might take the longest because he's very cumbersome. I'd yeah. imagine he has a massive bush as well, so it's hard to get his hand around yeah. his helmet. Yeah. Uh, just like, kind of <laughs> he has to kind of push it back so he get some gel in there to get the hair back so he can get a proper grip on his dick. I think, I think uh, with Fazio as well, I think he would uh, lose rhythm quite quite quickly as well. <laughs> and it'd be like just like completely out of rhythm. It's He'd get it and then all of a sudden it'd oh, fuck. He wouldn't even have to keep rhythm with himself. Yeah. Like I can get having sex and not keeping rhythm and it all goes out of whack and you're smacking hips and all that <laughs> shit. But... Uh, and I can imagine Fazio doing that. I can imagine breaking hips, actually. It's too rough. Very rough, Fazio. I bet you can be a rough lover. It's <laughs> <laughs> just blood everywhere. Right? <laughs> just carnage. Fazio, why have you done this again? <laughs> You're going too hard! You're a killer! You, you know when, um, when Alan Partridge returns to Lazarus and there's just a chocolate all over his mouth? With <laughs> <laughs> Fazio, just be like blood, just all over, all over the room. Yeah. Turn the light on. No! What have you done? You've done it again! You've done it again! <laughs> so yeah, Fazio would be last. I don't know who'd be first. Um, um, you would think a goalkeeper because they've got quick hands. Yeah, Chadley though would be yeah, first. Oh, definitely. Uh, no, Chadley. He admits he's a lubricant. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's just ready and going. He goes with his little toolbox. And he, what's that? A toolbox? <laughs> toolbox full of that lube and all that kind of stuff just to kind of, you know, get uh, him off. I, I, I imagine Ch- uh, Chadley uh, just walking around with a constant erection all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, uh, he's ready to go at any time. Wall, his walls are full of mirrors looking at himself. Exactly. Yeah. Constantly erect, yeah. opens the window, slightest breeze, that's it, gone. <laughs> and, and it's a full load every time. Water, water, come. Even three or four times a day. It's not like it's not like like later on in the evening where you've had three or four in that day. You've been especially aroused that day, and then it's just like a little puff of dust. It's not like ever decreasing circles of him. You know what I mean? Just ever expanding circles. Yeah. Just a good, good wallop each dollop <laughs> each time. So Chadley first, Fazio last. Yeah, yeah. All right, last question. Lewis Can from Facebook. He says, "How long do you think it will be before Barcelona and Madrid, for example, give us an offer too good to refuse for Ericsson? What is he worth?" I don't, I don't think, think he's a finished product as yet, and I don't think we've got to even worry about that. And I'm not worried about that. I don't think I, I agree. I don't think he's good enough for either Barcelona or, or Real Madrid, or even. Spurs. <laughs> no, no, no uh, he's good enough to play. He's going to be he, on form. He's he's outstanding, but mm-hmm. he hasn't been consistent enough to warrant this question. Really, I don't think. I, I, I'm not worried about that at all. I think more of a worry might be players like Larice. Yeah, Larice mm-hmm. is a. I mean, let's let's uh, look, quickly to answer your question. What, what's what's Ericsson worth? Do you think in today's market? What would we get for him in the thirties? Really, Levy, being Levy, Oof. Levy being Levy. What would it take to buy him? Maybe thirty million. Yeah, that's, that's that's kind of what I think. I think a fair rate for it. Someone of what he's done so far would be between fifteen and eighteen million. I think he's worth a bit more than that. Uh, he would probably go for low twenties. All right, but, but Loris though, what would it take to to leave him? And it's actually been quite a. 
If you think of the players who've uh, left Spurs, of Loris's quality, Berbatov, Modric, Bale, that kind of ilk, yeah. they've always fucked off, haven't they? Unless they've been made to stay. But Loris is one that... I know this is going to eat, I feel like I'm going to eat my words in very, you know, in under a year. Don't but... say it then. Okay. Well, That's the end mean... of the Fighting Cop podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rick, do you want to answer? See you about Loris. Um, well, there's, there's Euro 2016 next year, so maybe after that, if there's a good tournament in France, which is, and France at home as well, there's every chance he may leave, um, maybe in the 30s. I don't think he'll break the Buffon record. But what was be... Buffon? 37, I saw Bardi will correct me tomorrow. Yeah. But it's around 37. Yeah, I don't think he'll go for that much. 36, to be honest. But... Yeah, it's around that much. Ballpark, ballpark kind of thing. I hate, I hate it when Bardi mentions Italian stuff. <laughs> it just goes into one. It's like me mentioning Stoke. If Stoke get a result away at, in, in, in any country, it's like me going to him, see Stoke. See Stoke. He's like, see that Palermo goal the other day? Yeah, Italians it's are It's only brilliant. half Italian as well. It's not like he's full. Yeah. One and he just goes on the wrong right football. Yeah. It's just... Fuck's sake. Fuck off, Bardi. You know, in. We didn't dig him out, did we? <laughs> we started yeah. as Book, he ended at Bardi, bookend. Yeah. Bookended. <laughs> fuck you, Bardi. Uh, yeah, no, fuck you. I was going to apologise, but no. When he, he doesn't apologise either. No, so. He doesn't say sorry for anything. And he's done some bad stuff. <laughs> uh, okay, that's, that it from, yeah, that's it from the Fighting Cop podcast. Um, thank you so much for downloading. Once again, Ricky and T, you've been amazing. Um, I always worry a little bit when we do Free Men podcast, but. Enjoyed this immensely. It's yeah, yeah, it's been it's cathartic. Uh, it's been sexy. Yes, bloody sexy. Actually. Bloody sexy. <laughs> we got we've got a few complaints about um, the amount of the amount of talk about wanking that we do. But and look, it isn't it isn't our choice. Sometimes it just comes out. Sometimes people send in like bankrupt Spurs did questions that are too good to to not answer. But people submit questions. We ask people for questions, and they ask us these questions. You should see some of the stuff that doesn't get on. Exactly. And for then, men, it's what men do. Wank. do. Wank and football. That's what we do. And then we're, we're primitive people, you know what I mean? Like, That's what we what like. What would you expect? Beer, wanking, <laughs> football. It's one of life's pleasures. But people ask stuff like, oh, well, you know, what do you think about Dar? We spoke about Dar last week and the week before. We can't talk about him again. We've, well, we've, 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 we've talked about wanking for the last three weeks as well. Oh, well, yeah, but you've run out, I think you, you can say new way. You can talk about it in a new way, can't you? I think he would come uh, second after Fazio Dyer. I don't think he loves himself that way. I think he's kind of like, you know, it, I think Dyer's just kind right. of... I don't know, just, uh, just with the, the black boots... Yeah, it just gives this impression of he's uh, he's not, he's not really out there. He's just like a bit. Those what? are those are expensive, you know. What those blackout boots? I had a look what, the other what's day. What's he got? His, his boots. I didn't know. I think they just but they're blackout ones with the black straps and black boots. And they're that, like, they look the bollocks. I want a pair, but they're like one fifty. Fucking. I'm sure he can afford that. Well, he can, but I'm saying just for I'm the sure mere mortals. Pay, but yeah, but do you think that kind of it, it, it's something to do with his personality? And, and I like that about him. He's got his captain written all over him, black yeah. boots. It's like, fuck you, Nike. I ain't wearing your sock weird boots that Ronaldo wears. I'm wearing f- fucking men's boots. Has anyone, is, is, is is anyone no ever wear, worn those sock boots? No, 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 no. I'm sure they're great. I'm sure they're really good on that. But uh, but I think Spooky wrote something. It might be the Twitter, isn't it? He just loves that how little how little fucks um, Dyer gives. And that's what Dyer is. Dyer is... Um, we've often said we don't have any bastards in our team, but Dyer could well be... He, he, he's got nastiness. Yeah. Uh, dare I say... Dave Mackay. Yeah, don't say that. No, I'm going to. Cause, we're uh, going to edit that out. We're, no, we're not. We've got Zidane, <laughs> we've got Nedved and Dave Mackay. We're building what could be the greatest football team, team ever. of all time. 
All time. Uh, all time. All right, that's it for Icon Podcast. Fanzine is coming out soon. If you haven't got a fanzine, I'm getting it to you. Uh, you can still download the apps. They're free. Get them on iPhone and Android. Um, you can still get T-shirts from Spreadshirt if you want to. Um, we're working on other stuff. Write some reviews on iTunes as well. You're, you're sexy... fucking desperate for reviews. Yeah, like no, it's well, no, it. it's good. Reviews, app, download the app. Yeah, if, if, anyway, if, you, if you like the fighting cock... Um, then leave a review on iTunes because people do look at that and it, it does have some influence and it's nice to see. And, and I, I even like the bad ones. I actually prefer the bad ones. <laughs> they crack me up. I love it. We used to read them out, didn't we? Yeah, we used to, but it's, it's probably not fair because people just leave it, you know. You don't want to make people look silly. They're just saying what they think. Aren't they're they? saying what they think. But you know, also, Facebook, The Fighting Cock, that's our, that's our page. Yep. Twitter, love the shirt. I mean, we're on Reddit, but you don't really have a Reddit page, do you? We just, no, no. You know, but we post our articles on there, too. Yeah, so we're everywhere, basically. Yeah. All in your face. Yeah. All right. in your face like a can of mace. Oh, shit. Team dropping the bars. ODB, you got, man. You got anything? Nah. No, bye. Talk! T. What? Uh, the toilet's fucked. You can have a piss, but don't poo. Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.